Hi everyone, this is Mocha Scientist for Kids, and I'm Sarah. And if you go to the next slide, that would be great. So today we have a presentation by Ms. Amina Al Sharif, President of DECS.org and Chief Innovation Officer at Anno.ia. So please give her a warm welcome, and she'll be presenting on like artificial intelligence. So if you guys have any questions, just type them in the chat and we'll have a small Q and A at the end. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Sarah. I'll go ahead and get started. Um, Sarah, just as a reminder to me, I have about 15 minutes. Is that correct? 15 to 20? Yeah, 15 to like 20 minutes. Okay, great. So I will try to run through this in a way that is uh, easy to understand, but also um, quick. Um, okay, so for I will talk about my own background towards the end of, of this meeting, because I'll, I'll leave it open for Q&A uh, on my background. I was told that would be uh, something of interest. One thing that I did want to start off with, if anyone is interested in learning more about AI, some of the resources that I got for this presentation are at this link at the bottom of the slide, dayofai.org. You can sign up with your email and it's a free program that MIT, Massachusetts Institute for Technology, one of the biggest technical institutions in the United States, put together uh, to make AI more understandable and more accessible to folks of all ages, right? So even all the way down to pre-K uh, through high school, they have resources that will get you started on AI machine learning all the way up to coding exercises. Uh, and they also have uh, you know, useful slides like this that actually tell you uh, what AI is and talk about kind of uh, how, it's, how it's coming about in the technical field uh, today. So this, I wanted to start right off with a definition of AI. Um, technically, it's a program made by people that makes computers do things that seem intelligent or smart in the same way that humans are intelligent. And I'd like to focus on a couple things here. The first thing is that uh, AI uh, is kind of a joke amongst engineers like myself and other people who work in the AI field uh, are artificially intelligent and they're not really that intelligent at all. Uh, and the key word here is seem, right? So makes computers do things that seem intelligent. And the reason why I say this is at the end of the day, computer is all code uh, and code is what tells computers what to do. So everything to include this WebEx, uh, to include going on the internet, YouTube, anything that you might know is, is comprised of code, is made of code. Uh, so machines are only gonna know what to do in so far as the code tells them what to do. So this is kind of the limitation. Obviously the goal for artificial intelligence is to mimic what humans can do, right? So humans can see, we can smell, we can talk, we can hear. At the end of the day, what makes us human is when all of those things come together and work together to make us be able to do things like communicate, host parties, uh, drive cars, go to school, all of those different things coming together is what makes artificial intelligence truly intelligent. Um, this understanding of artificial intelligence is called uh, general AI. General AI is that human-like intelligence uh, that we might all understand to be, you know, like 
the Skynets or the Terminators that we've seen in movies, right? These machines that can speak and act and do exactly what humans do. The truth is the field is not even remotely close to that right now. Uh, and no one knows when we'll get there, but we are getting close when it comes to individual tasks that computers can do that humans can do like seeing things or hearing things or writing down notes from uh, a meeting, for example. Oops. So this is what we think of, right? Like I just mentioned, Terminator, robots, some of you all might have Amazon Alexas at home or Google Assistants at home. These are some very basic examples of what artificial intelligence looks like today um, and some very basic examples of how many artificial intelligence systems might come together in order to make some of these technologies work. But what we don't realize is that artificial intelligence is actually present in almost everything that we do, right? So let's take an example of YouTube. If you use YouTube or you watch YouTube, a lot of times you'll see recommended videos, right? So that recommended videos feature on YouTube yeah. is... Um, Let's do the study thing. Can we do it the same way we've done it before? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I muted you if you guys unmuted by accident. Okay. Was that something for me, Sarah, or should I keep going? Uh, I, I don't think. I think she just unmuted by accident. <laughs> so you can keep okay. going. Okay, no worries. Um, so as I was saying, YouTube recommendations, right? So recommended videos on YouTube is a popular uh, use of artificial intelligence, right? So that's machine learning. Uh, which is a subset of artificial intelligence, actually recommending those videos for you to watch that are similar to videos that you've already seen. Instagram and social media, right? So Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, all of everything that you see is actually powered by artificial intelligence. They look at content or they watch the content that you interact with, that you like, that you comment on, and they try to show more of that type of content to you as kind of a smart and intelligent system. Uh, if for those who have phones, right, uh, Apple iPhones or Android phones, uh, there is the feature that uh, predicts what you're about to type, right? So as you're typing, you'll see the recommendation bar, which is in gray here down in the left hand corner. That's going to anticipate what it is you're trying to type to a friend or a family member. That is also an example of artificial intelligence. Google itself, if you ever use Google to do any type of searching, um, it'll use AI in order to enable that search to happen. So these are other examples of AI. Um, I don't know why the toy pet video is showing. Um, but this is uh, an example of Waymo. Waymo is a self-driving car company they used to be their own company, but they were bought by Google. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and play this video really quickly to show you guys exactly what this looks like. Yes.
Okay, so that's a good example of self-driving cars, uh, which is, uh, you know, uh, a popular application of AI right now. And I'm actually going to rewind back to this part of the video here that you can see. See this more videos bar at the bottom of the screen? That is a recommendation engine. This is also powered by AI, just for your awareness, right? So we can't, you can't get away from AI no matter where you go. But if you look at the screen here, it's showing what the computer sees. And essentially for self-driving cars to work, what those self-driving cars do is they create a copy of the world around them that is a representation for code to understand. So all of these purple boxes, for example, are actually other cars. This green piece here is a walkway and these yellow, uh, yellow objects here that you see on the screen are actually people walking, right? So that's what the world looks like to an artificially intelligent machine that is able to only drive cars, right? But that machine might not be able to host a party or go to the movies or cook you food, right? It's only designed to do one purpose, but it takes a lot of AI to make that happen and make that work. So big ideas of AI, I'm only going to go over this in a very kind of general sense. Uh, Sarah has the slides so she can share these with you guys. But these are the like four different and five different general components of AI. Uh, the sections of AI that I have worked in is section one, which is perception. My specialization was in computer vision, right? So how do we make computers see just like we humans see? Uh, representation and reasoning is also another section of AI that I've worked in. Uh, this allows computers to take the data that they see or collect and then be able to kind of put it together in a way that makes sense. It's not even close to what we have as humans to be able to see things around us and automatically know that if I look at this door and it's white, then that color is white. Or if I look at this door and there's a certain sign, that means I can go in versus I can't go in. Um, learning is the next level, right? So taking all of that data and understanding of the raw data in section one and putting it together to learn new things, right? So this is when a machine, an artificially intelligent machine a, is trained to do a certain task and then you put it to the test, right? Just like that uh, blind uh, gentleman who got into that self-driving car, that was a test to see if the machine had learned from all of the training that had been put into the machine to actually go and complete the task. And that kind of blends into number four, which is the natural interaction, right? So now all of a sudden that car, that self-driving car, it's blending in with the rest of the cars that are on the road. And finally, societal impact. This part is especially important to me. I lead a non-for-profit organization that specifically works on data ethics issues around AI. And these are the, the, this is the section where we ask questions. And I really think it should be number one and not number five, uh, if we were to go in order. But these are asking the questions of, is what I'm building good for society? Is it doing good things for people? Self-driving cars may seem like a really awesome thing to have, right? How nice would it be to not have to sit in traffic for hours and hours and not have to be behind the steering wheel? However, there are ethicists who are people that work on societal impact of things, um, they study societal impact that say that self-driving cars actually might cause 
more issues in society because if you get in an accident, right, who's at fault? Or how do you prevent those accidents from happening? Will self-driving cars be killing a bunch of people before they learn and get smarter, right? These are big questions that you wanna ask whenever you're, you're building an AI system. I'm gonna skip this for now, just for the sake of time. So my journey, um, I started off as a technologist in the US Army. Um, me going into the technical field was kind of a mistake. Um, I was told that I'd never get a security clearance. And so I was kind of put off to the side and told to go work on computers. Um, I've worked on machine learning and AI to analyze large social networks of bad people doing bad things all over the world to be able to tell uh, other folks that I work with uh, where they should go, who they should defend, who they might need to target. Um, and then I've also done something as crazy as, you know, fly drones. Uh, so I am a certified drone pilot. Uh, and that's part of the experience that I had was flying drones for the army. Um, and those drones will oftentimes use artificial intelligence to know where to go. So I map a route for them. They use AI to be able to do things like not crash into buildings in case the route that I gave them uh, had them going through a building. I then worked as a cloud engineer at Google. Uh, so I, spe I specialized in machine learning at that point, uh, working on the cloud. <clears throat> this gave me a uh, you know, completely different view of the world going from the army to Google. Um, I got to work from home for the first time and that kind of changed everything. It changed my world, it changed my, my outlook on things and it changed how I treated work and work-life balance. Because when you work from home, now all of a sudden your workplace is the same place that, uh, that you live in. Uh, but I also got to work on something called Project Maven uh, if you guys Google this or look it up, there was a lot of controversy around Google working on Project Maven, which was essentially taking artificial intelligence and putting it on drones. Uh, so that was a, a, a big kind of section five society impact moment for me in my life that led me to open this non uh, nonprofit, the Data Ethics Consortium for Security. And last but not least, uh, I now work at a startup uh, so that startup is called Anno AI. We specialize in doing machine learning and artificial intelligence for the government, um, the U.S. government and the U.K. Uh, and this afforded me, you know, working in a startup, a lot of really cool things, right? So you'll see on the left-hand side, uh, I lived in an Airstream trailer that I actually built myself uh, for a year and a half, and I traveled all over the country, and I was able to work from anywhere, and that was great. Uh, COVID hit, and so everything became virtual. So suddenly I was doing meetings and presentations and all kinds of fun conferences, just like we're doing right now, virtually. And then finally, that's my, my home and office set up right there in the trailer that I had. Uh, my bed was literally right behind that chair that you see. Uh, so you can see how kind of the lifestyle changes a little bit from, for example, when I was in the army, where I worked in specific buildings or I deployed overseas to Iraq and Afghanistan to do work. All right, that's all I have for you guys today. Sarah, I don't know if you wanted to open it up for questions. Thank you so much for presenting, we loved it. And I just want to mention, if you guys didn't notice, I put the link from the beginning in the chat. If you guys want to see more info on AI,
but if you guys have any questions, just go ahead and ask right now. You can unmute or type in the chat. How long will it take for AI to be fully developed and ready for the uh, real world? So that's a really good question. Some people like myself will say that AI is already out in the, in the real world, right? In those kind of narrow tasks that I mentioned. So self-driving cars, recommendation engines, um, Google search. Those examples are already out there. If you're talking about general AI, like the Terminator, uh, this has been the big question for scientists all over the world for a really long time. Some scientists 50 years ago said that we would reach general AI or have a fully intelligent robot, so to speak, uh, by 2000. And we're still not even close. So if I were to give you that, that answer based on what I know, I would say we might never get there uh, for general AI where we're basically recreating humans, but in robot form. I think we'll be able to have robots that can do very specific tasks and very specific things but robots that fully act like humans and can do everything that we can do all the way up to creating new things that don't exist yet. I don't know if that's ever really going to happen, uh, but some people would say maybe in another 50 or hundred years. So let's check in after, you know, you've already uh, entered the field of AI as a software engineer 20, 20 years from now and see if, if we've gotten to that point. Thank you for that question. Someone in the chat wrote in your home setup picture, why is there something taped to the wall with duct tape? They were curious about that. Okay, uh, it, I don't know which slide that was. Uh, oh, it was the uh, Google Cloud Engineer. That's actually a cat. Uh, so it was a, uh, a comic strip that I took out uh, for this meeting uh, of someone taping their cat to, to their wall. And the reason being is when everyone started working from home at tech companies, they started realizing that if you had kids or pets, they'd always walk across the screen or come across the screen whenever you didn't want them to during meetings. So that was a, a kind of a comic strip joke, taping the cat to the wall so that you could have your meeting without the cat walking across your keyboard. That's cute. Do you guys have any more questions? And also, I just want to mention, I say it every time, but if you guys have any further questions later, just email me and I can forward out your email. So there's one that says, what year did you start working in Google? I started working there in 2017 and I left there in 2020. Do you guys have any last questions? There's a thank you in the chat. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so if there's no more questions, like I said, if you guys think of anything later, just feel free to email me. But thank you so much for presenting to us. It was so good. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, you guys. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Have a good day.